Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everyone. Episode 196 of the NBA Podcast. We are a little bit past the halfway point of the 2018-19 season. So today we're going to revisit our preseason playoff predictions and make some updated ones. Before we get underway, a reminder you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles to give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. So when is the end date for the stable genius edition? When he gets impeached? <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Okay, cool. Which seems to be rapidly approaching as... Well, we've as, said that for a year. I know, but I like that BuzzFeed is going to be like the one trigger that leads to the dissolution of this kid. <laughs> like <laughs> BuzzFeed, which gives you like, which cat is your spirit animal? Or like, <laughs> <laughs> which food do you 16 most... 16 weird ways to make cookies. Right. Yeah. And my wife, I like she reads BuzzFeed all the time. So I like literally last night when this report comes out, I'm like, Alex, can you please open BuzzFeed's app? And what was on the front page for her was not this story, but it was like one of these stupid lists again. It was like <laughs> six Cardi B quotes you'll find most interesting. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, it, what a what a night. Um, yeah, so we are going to today. We're going to talk about the playoff race on both sides. We're going to spend more time on the West because there are more teams competing for spots. And like that race is just so wide open. Whereas the East is relatively cut and dry with teams that are definitely going to make it teams that are definitely not going to make it. And then teams that who cares really (laughs) to put it kindly. So more, let's start with the West. Uh, I think it's fair to say there are at least two locks. I think the Golden State Warriors and Denver Nuggets are locks. Do you agree? Yes. Okay. Uh, we are recording this on Friday. DeMarcus Cousins is supposedly planning to make his debut tonight against the Clippers, but we don't have analysis of how he fared because the game has not happened yet. So that's just that's one thing to keep an eye on with the Warriors, how he looks in his return from the Achilles tear, how well they integrate him, uh, you know, that's the big subplot for them for the rest of the regular season. But regardless, I I just don't think there's any way either of those teams miss the playoffs. I had OKC as a lock, and then they went and just totally crapped the bed against the LeBronless Lakers last night. 
I still Are you saying that shooting two of 18 on twos <laughs> is not a good thing? It was not. Hey, he shot well on threes. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And he hit three big free throws at the end of regulation. Yeah. Yeah. Seven of 30, Brian. <laughs> it was not. I mean, it was just a, a quintessential Russell Westbrook performance this year, unfortunately. So I'm, I'm going to move them out of the lock tier, I think. I'm going to put them in what I'll call the probably tier, where yeah. I yeah, I think they will make the playoffs, but I'm not like I'm not saying they are guaranteed to, whereas the Warriors and Nuggets are. So in my probably tier, I have the Thunder, mm. the Rockets, the mm. Trailblazers, and the Jazz. I agree with all of them. Okay. I think the Jazz have not... You know, they haven't lived up to, like, the lofty second-best-in-the-West preseason expectations. But yep. they've played a really road-heavy schedule. they played 26 games on the road, only 20 at home. They have the fourth-best point differential in the West. They've won five straight games. Their defense is really starting to round into form. I, I think they're, they're going to hit their stride uh, sooner than later. So if you're surprised, you know, right now they're not. I mean, they're tied with the Lakers, the last spot in the playoffs, but I think they're going to move up the standing somewhat quickly. Yeah. So, I mean, they could, I, I will say this for me, they're the bottom team on the probably tier. Okay. That's right. even see Houston was my wild card there because just because of all the injuries. Right. Well, and I get that, but eventually guys are going to return. And if James Harden can just maintain the ship, yeah. At the current pace, I think it's going to be okay. Yeah. I just fair. don't foresee a team that won 65 games last year not making it this year. Right. And, I mean, like, we we talked in depth about James Harden last episode, and mm. then he goes out and drops 58-10-6 against the Nets. Because, of course, he did. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I, you see his, even at the end of regulation, I think he had 53, and it was like, oh, ho-hum. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, that's that's what they need him to do. Uh, but they, to your point, they did get Eric Gordon back on Wednesday. He had 20 points. Uh, it seems like Chris Paul they're expecting back sometime in the next week. And then Capella, I mean, he's out four to six weeks, which is obviously not ideal. Jared Allen had a field day against them on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it'll be, it's, I'm really interested to see because Zubac just destroyed the Thunder last night. And now the, the Rockets don't have a big man. So I'm excited to see. I think Rockets-Lakers is on Saturday. Should be fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think Houston, I'm nervous about them just because of, you know, that's just, you're asking so much of James Harden. And if, like, anything yep. happened to him, he's you're dead. But I'm, oh yeah, yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and assume he can somehow continue shouldering this monster load uh so that leaves two teams if we're saying the warriors nuggets thunder rockets blazers jazz are all in that leaves two spots for (laughs) realistically eight teams that are still alive in the race yeah and this is where it just gets extremely difficult because on your maybe tier Mm -hmm. you have three teams that are all very strong candidates. You have the Clippers, the Spurs, and the Lakers. Yep. The same as me. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, all three teams can make a case. Yeah. And and that's really what it comes down to. And what it, what is absurd is you are going to have a Western Conference 
where <laughs> you know you might not be you might not have a LeBron in the playoffs right like just think about that for a second or you might have a Greg Popovich team not in the playoffs or I mean hell look I I just said moments ago that a 65 win team may not make the playoffs you know last year mm-hmm. might not make the playoffs this year that is still in the cards like you said if James Harden goes down yeah like that's game over it's it's it, this is a weird season and it's just another proponent of just <laughs> eliminating conferences <laughs> right yeah. yeah yeah exactly this this season if you thought the like we need to reseed one through 16 argument last year was bad keep in mind oh no right now the Minnesota Timberwolves the 11th seed in the west are 21 and 23 the Charlotte Hornets the eighth seed in the east are 21 and 23 the Memphis Grizzlies the 14th seed in the West are 19 and 25. The Detroit Pistons, the ninth seed in the East, are 19 and 24. Yeah. This is about as bad as it's been when you look at the depth of it. Right. You know, because the best team in the league right now is Toronto. Yeah. From a, from a record perspective. And, you know, the East is very top-heavy. Mm-hmm. So they're competitive when it comes to like the most interesting parts of the playoffs. Right. Like you're not losing entertainment value when you get to like the conference finals and maybe even the semifinals. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's all the things before that. Like the first round in the Eastern Conference, a lot of that is just going to be very bad basketball. Yeah. Or at least it'll be predictable, I feel like. There's going to be one series that won't be, which is which the 4-5, or five, whatever that ends up being. But then, I mean, there's a chance that one of these other, the six, seven, or eight, could pull off an upset, but I wouldn't hold my breath. Is there, though? There's, it's the playoffs. Weird stuff happens. I mean, especially with the Nets. Like, Spencer Dinwiddie's just going to continue hitting, like, three threes every last 30 seconds of games. Right. But at the same time, could you really foresee, like, Miami beating Milwaukee? No, I think the Nets are the only team that I could see All right. even yeah. coming close to pulling off an upset. Mm. But we'll, we'll get to the East. Um, All right. Yeah, so you're right. I have the Spurs, Clippers, and Lakers. At- People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time. Each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward, building a stronger future. Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders. Encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance is the like if i had to give the inside track for seven eight nine right or yeah seven eight nine right now it would be those three it's gonna be i mean yeah it's like so the lakers we just found out lebron you know he's been out since christmas day with his groin strain Mm. uh rich paul his agent talked to sam amick of the athletic this week and revealed the extent of the injury 
said basically it, it had a three to six week timetable. We are in week three. So I think Amex said if he's out for the full six weeks, that would mean he would miss eight more games, including last night's game against the Thunder. So, you know, he'd be out till early February. If he is out for that long, and Rich Paul did say, like, look, we're not going to rush him back. We understand, you know, every game's important in the playoff race, but doctors have said if he gets hurt again, it's going to be worse than the original injury, and he's going to be out for longer. So, like, they're really making sure he is back to 100%, whatever that means. As they should. Yeah. As they should. Yeah. But if they are, if he is out until early February, do you think the Lakers can stay afloat without him? Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, if I say no, you'll just point to to the game last night, <laughs> right? Well, so I would have said no before last night. That's true. Well, he, here's the thing, though. It, it really depends on, uh, you know, Kyle Kuzma. Honestly, yeah. Like let's just let's just call like he he is probably the second best Laker. Uh, right now, like yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I shouldn't even put the probably in there. He is a scorer, like a flat out scorer. He's one of those guys who can just he just understands how to put the ball in the basket. Like so, offensively speaking, they will have a lead dog even without LeBron. Right. And because you you will have some some scoring from Ingram as well. You'll you'll have the role players stepping up. <laughs> you know, Subach, <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe contributing a, a double double here and there. Yeah. Um. So, so you will have some components, and you will have have some depth. The question is the defense. Yeah. Can that hold up? I mean, yeah, Lonzo Ball is is great on that end, but you know, who else? Josh Hart is is you know developing and and fairly consistent there. Mm-hmm. KCP is sort of slipped a little bit. Like who? Who else is around? Yeah, I mean, Javale McGee, I guess. Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler, who's like two hundred NBA years old. Right. <laughs> right. And exactly. then we have like Michael Beasley, who can't even check into the game with the shorts on. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, there's a chance they can. I will say as much though. Every win they get without LeBron. Should be celebrated in Los Angeles. Yeah, every win they get without LeBron. Yeah, I mean, this was their first. This was their best win last night without him. Because before mm-hmm. this, they beaten the Kings at home, which the Kings are. You know, we'll talk about them in a minute. They they are frisky this year, but they're not like the Thunder are a much better team than them. Yes, they beat the D- Dallas on the road, Detroit at home, and Chicago at home, but by, by only seven points. Is that like the first Chicago game that wasn't decided by 30 points in the last month? <laughs> sure as hell feels like Yeah, it. right. So, like, this was a big win for them. They have Houston coming up on Saturday, a home game against the Warriors on Monday. The Houston game, I guess it's really, like, up in the air because, again, <laughs> it's the Harden show. Harden's going to get 50, but, like, where else? Where do you get that other 50, 60, 70 points? is the question and like can you stop Zubach and Miguel, Javel McGee, whatever. Um they do have Minnesota and Phoenix next week as well. But after that it's Philly at the Clippers, which isn't really a home or a road game, but uh at the Warriors, at the Pacers, at the Celtics, at Philly again. And then they close out before the All Star break at Atlanta. Mm. So that's a pretty brutal stretch 
Not counting Phoenix. Right. And Atlanta at the end. Yeah. But even Atlanta's frisky. Like they are. They're bad, but they can they could beat you on a given night. They can, but let's focus on the fact that they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Oh man. And LeBron is estimated to be out for all of those. I mean potentially. He potentially. It sounds like though if he hits the six week timetable exactly, he'd come back February fifth at Indiana. So he would miss the next seven games. You know what? I'm actually going to be a skeptic and, and agree with you that they should be, you know, the lowest rank of those three on your was it maybe list? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just a tough stretch, and like it is. There's not much room, margin for error in the West, unfortunately. No, and that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, the West is just so competent, <laughs> and I mean, you have so many strong ball clubs. You can really risk, you know, dropping everything on the floor any given night. So, right. yeah, without LeBron, it's, you know, yeah, I can sit here and talk about Kyle Kuzma. I can sit here and talk about Josh Hart. I can talk about Lonzo Ball. But at the end of the day, they kind of lack a LeBron. Right. And they need a LeBron for this conference. Yeah. I mean, even with LeBron, they're not, you know, a world-beating team. Right. I think it's that's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm probably going to put them... On the lowest rank of maybe, but I will switch the two above where you have the Clippers first mm-hmm. and and the Spurs second. I'm probably flipping them. Yeah, I didn't tier them in any particular. Order. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought you did. All, All right. right. Yeah. So so the Spurs is probably my favorite team on the maybe list. Mm-hmm. Just because it would be very very weird to see them not make it. <laughs> right. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, and that, I, they'll find a way. Oh, I mean, I didn't have them in my preseason predictions, which is already looking very stupid, but such is life when you doubt Greg Popovich, even for a second. I think the Clippers are the interesting one as well, because they've lost four straight. They now have this home game against Golden State that Boogie returns. Mm. After that, it's a four-game road trip at San Antonio, at Dallas, at Miami, at Chicago, then three at home against the Kings, Hawks, and Lakers. And then they close out with a six-game road trip at Detroit, at Toronto, at Charlotte, at Indiana, at Boston, at Minnesota, and then Phoenix right before the All-Star break. So in theory, like that that is a daunting stretch of ten road games versus five home games before the All-Star break, which is never fun. But there are a lot of winnable games in there. Miami, Chicago, Atlanta, mm. Detroit, Phoenix, Minnesota, Charlotte. Like they play, you know, they play a handful of good teams, the Warriors, Toronto, Indiana, Boston. But there's also like this I think this stretch makes or breaks their season basically. Like if they don't beat the teams they're supposed to win against, they're going to be in real trouble. But you can say that about everyone at this stage who we're actually talking about. Oh, for sure. It's just like yeah. you if you have this many winnable games, you need to capitalize cuz when you come out of the All-Star break, your second game is at Denver. Mm. If you're the Clippers. Yeah. And then you've got like a four-game stretch afterward of Lakers, Thunder, Boston, Portland. I mean, they they still have some easy games after the break as well. We got the Knicks and Cleveland and a couple against Memphis. So 
you have, I mean, you have, you're not like totally screwed, but I, I do think the Clippers. Is Memphis an easy game though? I mean, we'll get to them. <laughs> no, no. Well, I'm just saying because like you mentioned, you know, Memphis at the 14th right. seed are 19 and 25. You know, that's not entirely far off of being a 500 ball club. Right. And with the West being so tight, I mean, you know, we can look at the co- at records and we can compare. And we can go, oh, okay, so we have a team that right now in the Clippers are 24 and 20 going up against Memphis that are like 19 and 25. But y- you know what? That's not like, the yeah, sure, there's a great difference, but it's not that great. Yeah. Like you have legitimate outside the playoff picture teams that can undoubtedly come in and steal away quite a few wins from, from frankly the entire group of teams we've already discussed yeah so let's move into that next tier of teams then because at, right now these are like the teams that are get to old navy for the biggest sale of the year up to 60 percent off all back to school styles for kids and baby get flip-flops for two bucks graphic tees for four bucks shorts for six dollars and jeans for eight dollars right now get the best kids styles at kid size prices just two four six and eight dollars can't wait to wear it buy online and pick up in store free today up to 60 percent off all kids and baby styles now at old navy and old navy.com valid 729 to 811 select styles excludes in-store clearance at ace we believe there's nothing better than helping kids that's why we've been proud to support children's miracle network hospitals for over 25 years this Friday through Sunday, get our five-gallon bucket and 20% off almost anything that fits inside when you donate $5 to support Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And like Ace, CMN Hospitals are local, so the money you donate helps kids near you. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Offer valid at participating stores on regular price merchandise only. Additional conditions and exclusions apply. See store for details. Currently on the outside looking in, that still have a chance to make the playoffs. And Memphis is in there. Dallas, New Orleans, Minnesota, Sacramento. Yeah. Let's start with Memphis because Mark Stein of the New York Times the other day uh, reported that if they continue to slip, Mm. there's at least the possibility that they finally do move on from Marc Gasol because he's most likely going to decline his player option and become a free agent this year. Right. Memphis has lost 9 of 10 games. They were 18 and 16 as of December 26th. They are now 19 and 25. Their next two games are a back-to-back on the road against Boston and Toronto. Oh, yeah, that's not great. Yeah. So, like, this could get worse before it gets better. Yeah, it it, it, it could. And, you know, if we take into account, like, trades, obviously that's that could change the whole picture. Like, we right. have to remember that less than a month from now, we have the trade deadline as well. Exactly. And that can really scramble teams. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a that's another component that we need to like mentally prepare for. <laughs> right. That that's why I'm putting Memphis, especially after the All Star break, as mm. very unlikely to make the playoffs this year, and a possible, you know, and when you're talking about the Clippers or other teams that you need you know need to win winnable games, I feel like Memphis might be in that category afterward because. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, we've been saying it made a lot of sense for a year now to trade Gasol. And, like, I, again, I, I understand the emotional connection to him. But you have to face facts. And if he has given any indication that he does not plan to re-sign there, 
I feel like they could probably get something of value for him. Even if he had. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's what, 34 this year? Uh, I think he's at least, yeah, somewhere. He's definitely I think he's from. Yeah. I think he's from 1985. Okay, so he'll be turning so 34, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, he turns 34 at the end of this month, January 29th. Yeah. I mean, would you really want to pay him big money going into, like, the age 35 and age 36 seasons? It depends on the length of the deal, really. I wouldn't. Yeah, sure, a two-year contract, yeah. but, like, why would he take that? Right. Yeah, it would have to be something similar to, like, what Paul Millsap got. Where even if you give him a three-year deal, it's like a third-year team option, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the Grizzlies are really in this kind of purgatory where they started off so well and everything looked promising for them. I mean, they were 12-5 and five at one point, and now, you know, <laughs> they've gone 7-20 and 20 since. Well, that's fair. I, I Yeah, no, usually I don't take into account like the slumps yeah because i have you know i have this theory the teams can bounce back any given day Mm -hmm. but that is a substantial amount of time yeah and that's fair uh yeah all right fair enough let's put them down yeah it just makes me wonder if you know dylan brooks is now out for the year kyle anderson's missed two to four weeks justin holiday has not been the guy that they thought he'd be no yeah, he's shooting a whopping 17% overall. Yeah. And Jaron Jackson, like, he might get tired soon. Right. Like, they're they just, just hit the rookie wall. Yeah, they're just missing, like, that one or two pieces, extra pieces they need. Chandler Parsons is, like, exiled from the team. Right. I mean, it just feels like they don't have the firepower to keep up in the playoff race. So I think. At, you know, we'll have a lot to talk about as we get closer to the deadline, but I think Memphis is going to be one of those teams that will be... That's fair. Yeah, that we need That's to fair. keep an eye on. Uh, we talked about Dallas in length at length last episode with the whole Dennis Smith Jr. trade rumors, but look, I love Luka Doncic. I would have caped for him to make the All-Star game, but mm-hmm. again, the Mavericks just feel like they're one or two pieces short to make a real run. Right, and they could get that. If they trade Doncic and actually get... Yeah, no. Aaron if you no, if they trade sorry, Dennis yeah, Smith Junior, oh yeah, yeah, no, they're not trading for, for, Yes, if they're if they trade Dennis Smith Junior for Aaron Gordon, mm-hmm. I could see them actually move up on our tier list. I wouldn't be surprised. I guess. I mean, they would be trading Wes Matthews too. Yeah. So that's two rotation pieces for one. For, yeah, for one who's very very good though. Yeah, uh, but like is. Doncic, Gordon, Harrison Barnes, and DeAndre Jordan. This version of DeAndre Jordan. Is that enough to make the playoffs <laughs> in the West? Like, if they were in well, the East, for sure. Well, no. I'm not saying they necessarily are, but, I mean, they should at least come up on the maybe list. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, they're they're definitely one of those teams where it could swing wildly either way. Like, if they trade Dennis Smith for Mo Bamba, as we talked about, that's the end. Like oh, they're, yeah, yeah. They're not. No. So it depends if they are able to trade him. And yesterday, you know, there are a lot of reports. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, they want to reconcile with Dennis Smith, which basically means, oh, crap, 
no one's giving us like everyone's lowballing us. No, we're gonna pretend that everything's fine. But I mean, it seems like they still, if they get an offer they like, they'll trade them by the deadline. So, of course. Um, also, did you see this thing for Windhorse that the Kings are sniffing around Harrison Barnes? Well, that makes total sense because they've been in the market for a small forward for a long time now. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't hate the idea. No, I don't either. The thing is, though, Barnes has become more of a stretch four. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've talked about this on this podcast before. You know, the, the traditional small forward has more or less become a full-time power forward now. Right. And Barnes is one of those guys. Mm-hmm. So I wonder... What they would do? I mean, would we see like the Jabari Parker effect in Sacramento if they slide him down to the four full time? Yeah, I I don't think it'd be that bad, obviously. Right. But I, I could see his production take a considerable hit because of it, mm-hmm. which would be unfortunate because you would be acquiring him to score and rebound and shoot and like you you would have to maximize his abilities. Right. Well, the Kings don't have enough guys who can play four, so Lord knows they need another one. <laughs> I'm saying this totally sarcastically, by the way. They have only I mean they, they just have a lot of like interchangeable guys, which is not the worst thing in it in the world, but like right. they do have Bielitsa, Bagley, Justin Jackson could conceivably play the four as well. Scala Bissier. Yeah, who's like not even really in the rotation. Even, Harry Giles yeah. too. Yeah. It's interesting. It's it's something to monitor. I think the Kings are actually one of the most interesting teams heading into the deadline because they're the only team with cap space i think they have 11 million in cap space so if teams are trying to shed salary uh in the run-up to 2019 free agency sacramento could help out and just you know be like hey all right just give us a pick give us a young player they also like they have they will have a lot of cap space this summer so Mm -hmm. if you get a guy like harrison barnes who has a $25 million player option next year, you know, that that's an option. But, like, maybe the Kings think all of a sudden, like, hey, we're a 500 team. We're going to have, I, I think they can have upward of, like, $50 million in cap space. Yeah. So maybe they think, like, hey, maybe Kevin Durant's going to come here. And they <laughs> refuse to take money, you know, beyond this season. Well, I mean... I think it was Zach Lowe who on his podcast said that they are very serious about wanting to go out and upgrade the roster if they feel just a little bit confident about making the playoffs. Yeah. That means if they're upgrading a roster, like that probably means taking on long-term money. Right. Which I Because how... Yeah. I wouldn't hate that. No. I mean, depending on the right player, of course. Right, right. But it just has to make sense. And Harrison Barnes... You know, that's that's a weird situation because, you know, theoretically you could get him for a season and a half, but you could also get him for a half season depending on what he does with the, his player option. Mm-hmm. Like, Barnes might be looking at, the you know, the money being available this summer as you and I have talked about at length. Yeah. Uh, and going, you know what, I may have to take an annual discount mm-hmm. from, from the $25 million that I'm making right now, but you know what, I can guarantee myself a four-year contract for $80 million. Right. And, you know, let me get that money in right now. Yeah. Or, you know, he could go the route saying, well, I'm picking up the 25 and then I'm hoping I can get 80 the next year. Mm-hmm. So I actually end up in totality with 105 guaranteed. Yeah. But, you know, security does play a role for, for sure. some players. 
Sure. And if for him that's the big change, you know, then Sacramento would be giving something up for for Harrison Barnes because they're not going to get him for free. Absolutely not. And then he's gone after a half year. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I just think the Kings are going to be, like, really, they're a team to monitor not only heading into the trade deadline, but, like, heading into this summer because mm-hmm. they could totally kangs this whole thing up. And, and like, trade for Jabari Parker. Is yeah. That <laughs> or, I don't know, just, like, Again, fancy themselves like a landing spot for a marquee free agent, which I don't think they are. Right. But they could also make some really smart improvements and become a fringe playoff team or an actual playoff team. You know, I just have such a hard time, you know, buying the whole Sacramento and smart I know, thing. I know. When they didn't choose Dantage. So, I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor Kings. Um, all right the minnesota timberwolves are also in that fringe conversation right now they're three games out of the playoffs robert covington's been sidelined with a bone bruise has no timetable to return the sixers just spanked them by 40 on tuesday yeah they did i think uh i i just think covington is so critical for their defense like i i have never seen things look that easy for the Sixers. And it wasn't because the Sixers were playing so well. I mean, they played well, but, like, they faced zero resistance all night. Of course, Jimmy Butler was on the court, so, (laughs) you know, Carl Anthony Towns had some sort of PTSD breakdown. and uh... Yeah, Joel Embiid got to play with the third stringers, as he said on Twitter (laughs) afterward. (laughs) Yeah, it was rough. I mean, like, Carl Anthony Towns... Has been putting up huge numbers since Jimmy Butler left. I think we'll we'll get into All Star picks in a future episode, but I think he's at least in that conversation. But without Covington, man, they they just they didn't play defense at all, and I think that's mm-hmm. going to be a real issue if they're looking to stay in the playoff race. I would agree with that. Yeah. So not high on them at all. No, me neither. Uh, which leaves the New Orleans Pelicans, and I'm gonna. Do my uh, best yeah. to choke back my <laughs> rage at New Orleans for what they did to the Eagles this past weekend. I'm not, not going to say anything snarky about Anthony Davis and his future, I promise. But that's that's the storyline with them heading into the trade deadline. Is mm-hmm. you know, there's, The Anthony Davis trade rumors have really started to pick up in the last couple months. That Supermax... The, the time they can offer the Supermax is rapidly approaching in July. This is their last chance, really, before they can offer him that Supermax to make a big deal and get themselves into the playoff race. Or otherwise, if they miss the playoffs, that's not a convincing argument for why he should stay there for the next six years. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I hate the fact that they haven't done better this year yeah. because I I actually really like the Pelicans. I know that they have no wings right. to speak of, yeah. but they have three very talented big men. Mm-hmm. They have Drew Holiday, and they have a bunch of guards, like each one more, who, is, who are like interesting players who can score, defend, like dudes, Alfred Payton, who can do different stuff. Yeah. And it's just that one need on the wing and I think that's a major reason as to why where they are right now. Right now we have them in our probably not section. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
could you just imagine what they could have done with with a small forward who wasn't <laughs> Solomon Hill or Wesley or, Johnson or Wesley Johnson? Yeah. Well, another problem is Nico's missed a lot of time this year. Alfred Payton's only missed 14 games. So I think that's what they need to ask themselves going into the deadline is, you know, if those, if our top six stay healthy, is that enough? Probably not. Yeah, but, like, what's your alternative? I guess they could trade their first-round pick, but, like... They, I would do that. They do that every year. So they probably I know, but will. I would... Uh, no, but I would do it because of the the AD situation right now. Right, and the not so, or the very top heavy draft class. Like, if they wind up with the ninth pick, exactly, maybe that's not the worst thing to give up. Right. Here's here's the thing though. I actually thought about this. What if they win the lottery this year? Like they oh. don't make any trades. They win the lottery because then it's Sion Williamson, right? Yeah. Now you have a lot of decisions to make because Nico is a free agent. Right. Julius Randle is a free agent. Yep. And you have, obviously, AD on the roster. And now you add in another four. Right. Like, <laughs> what do you do? Do you actually shop number one for, and, and, like, Solomon Hill's bad contract Ooh. and, and like, try to get a star? No. Like, what do you do? No, you keep Zion. You, Zion is insurance if AD leaves. Yeah, but then what do you do? Well, I don't, they're not going to be able to keep Randall because they don't have bird rights on him. No, but you can go to the 125% rule. Yeah, but what did he earn this year? Like $8 million or $9 million, right? He's going to make more than that. Yeah, you're right. He's actually... Yeah, he is. He yeah. is. He's, it was, he, yeah. I, I he's think, averaging like 20 or something. Yeah, he's averaging 20 and 9. He's gone. All right. Yeah, he's gone. So yeah. Nico, I think, is the guy you could actually retain. But yeah, I, I don't think Randall should factor into their their calculus at all moving forward because i think you just have to assume it was a one-year rental how do how do lakers fans feel about randall right now (laughs) envious i think Mm, i think that's a good word yeah it seems like both d'angelo and julius they uh they miss them a lot yeah i would imagine yeah um and then so the last team in the west is phoenix which nope just, just <laughs> yeah we have a list basically, basically saying nope nope yeah uh all right so uh, before we get get to old navy for the biggest sale of the year up to 60 percent off all back to school styles for kids and baby get flip-flops for two bucks graphic tees for four bucks shorts for six dollars and jeans for eight dollars right now get the best kids styles at kid size prices just two four six and eight dollars can't wait to wear it buy online and pick up in store free today up to 60 percent off all kids and baby styles now at old navy and old navy.com valid 729 to 811 select styles excludes in-store clearance hi it's jamie progressive's employee of the month two months in a row leave a message at the Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Did my predictions. And like or our predictions, and we, we have my preseason ones, which did not age particularly well. Um, I have one hot take for you. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know I've been a troll about LeBron and his decision to go to the Lakers and how it didn't make the most basketball sense. Right. 
I'm now looking at the West. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm seeing the Warriors at the top, you know. But, like, KD could leave. Clay is a free agent. Dre is a free agent right. next year. Denver's on the rise. Mm-hmm. But after that, which team? Like, I'm wondering if LeBron looked at the landscape, basically. The, the landscape of the whole NBA. And he right. looks at the East, and he sees Milwaukee's on the rise. Boston's on the rise. Philly's on the rise. He couldn't have foreseen what happened in Toronto, the Kawhi trade, because that didn't happen until after he left. But, you know, those three teams look like they're going to be, as long as they keep their main pieces, they'll be relevant for the next five years. He looks uh-huh. at the West, and he sees the Warriors. You know, they've been the prominent dynasty of the last five years, but they could soon potentially fall apart just because of free agency. Right. No one else in the West is like... Like, Houston, I guess, but Chris Paul's just always hurt. And, like, Portland, they're they're a good regular season team, but I don't think, like, LeBron looks at the Portland Trailblazers and is like, oh, I can't beat them. Like, Are you implying right now that LeBron, he just kind of looked into his Doctor Strange um, <laughs> Infinity Stone? Yeah. I, I think you're giving him way too much credit on that one. It's I, I mean, I'm trying, I'm still six months later trying to rationalize why he went to the Lakers. And Oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But this, that might be it. Like, maybe he sees after, like, he he just punted this year, basically. And he's like, all mm-hmm. right, all right, Magic, all right, Palinka, you don't have to make any big moves. Let me, like, rehab Lonzo and Ingram's value so we can boost them up and get them ready for an AD trade. But, like, we're not going to beat the Warriors this year. But after this year... We make one trade or we make one big free agent signing, we're going to be the best team in the West. Yeah, he's going to be 35 this year. Yeah. So I'm just like, if he's looking at it from, from a perspective of, oh, now there's a window open, it, that your window's closing. <laughs> that, is, that is possible. Okay. And, and besides, my hot take, I don't even think it's a hot take, he's not getting past Denver. Ooh. That is a hot take. Well, how come this year or in your? In oh, years no, to come? even this year. Oh, this Look, year I. Agree. I. Oh, but not. Hey, future future years. They're only going to get better. I I've told you this many times. Like they're going to find a Paul Millsap replacement. Yeah. You know, it might actually be Trey Lyles, so they could keep it in house. Who's a good player? Right. But a guy we've talked about at length, mm-hmm. and also put in Dallas several times, like Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. If they could swing a trade for Aaron Gordon and fill out that, that you know, starting lineup in Denver with him. Mm-hmm. They, and they also have Michael Porter Jr. They have at, Michael Porter Jr. who has some played. point coming back, hopefully. Right. Malik Beasley yeah. is showing life. Yeah. I wonder if, but like. Monty that, Morris is really good. That might be his prominent threat for the rest of his time in LA. Yes. I mean, the, the Warriors are good at, like, as long as Steph and Clay are around. They'll be relevant too, but like if they lose KD, and like they're gonna have to lose some of their bench too. I think at least in terms of luxury tax concerns in the next couple of years, like the the Warriors aren't gonna be. This is possibly the last year of the Warriors just being like, just ha ha, so dominant they can crush everyone. And if so, there's a team right there ready to actually take over their place. I, when we had TJ McBride on, I, can't, I don't remember if I said three or five years, but whatever I said, I'm going to say three now. In the next three years, at one point, 
Denver and Milwaukee is going to meet in the finals. You spelled Philly wrong. Yeah, no. Sorry. <laughs> no, That's I really didn't. Yeah. No, it's it's very possible. So, uh, yeah. It, but but it's an interesting thought you had. Like, you know, him, him just looking at, you know, his crystal ball. Right. Yeah. I think more people, tr- I think more players should do that. Like, try to actually look at the at the differences in the conference. Maybe mm-hmm. even Kawhi, like, he was sort of, you know, <laughs> indifferent to his trade to Toronto. Right. But, like, when you look at the situation in up and it couldn't have been better. Yeah. Right. Well, maybe Because but, the East was right there for the taking. But maybe he, too, is projecting out and is like, well, Kyle Lowry's getting kind of old. You know, yeah. Before this year, Serge Ibaka seemed to be on the downswing. Like, maybe he wanted to stay West, too. Like, maybe... The West has a lot of, like, you know, 14 teams are in the playoff race. They have a lot of good teams. But I feel like right now, it's fair to say the East, I think the East has better top teams than the West does. Like a higher, a higher tier. That's a hot take. A higher tier of top. I think, like, the East has five very good teams. I don't know that the West does. That that may be fair, but quality matters. Yeah. You know, the top five teams in the East, they just cannot compete. Yeah. For the most part. I, I yeah. Oh god, this is an it's a it's a it's a difficult situation because when you really look at it, there's one way to prevent all of this if you're Golden State. Or not if you're them, but if you're Kevin Durant, for example. Mm-hmm. You re up. Yeah. And you talk to Clay and you go, Let's go get this. Right. Let's let's keep our throne mm-hmm. for X amount of years. Yeah. And again, I've said this before, it's probably not gonna happen, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna mention it once more. Who knows? What if what if that camaraderie, that support, that team just allows Boogie to go, you know what? I'm re upping for a year or two. Right. Yeah, because they, they too will be limited with the same thing the Pelicans are with Randall, which is why everyone assumed. I mean, Boogie, yeah. if he plays well, he's going to get offers in the $20, $25 million per year range. The Warriors can offer, I think, like $6 million at most. Mm-hmm. So he would he would be turning down probably an unprecedented, unprecedented amount of money to stay. Yeah. Like we, I, I know, and I get that, but like, hey... You know, you can live the rest of your life off of glory if you have a ring. Right. Or multiple I think rings. Lo- or multiple rings. I think a lot of players are coming to that realization. Yeah. Except for Jimmy Butler. Except for Jimmy Butler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. It wouldn't totally floor me. I mean, I think ultimately, I think Boogie does leave. Like, the KD stuff, I mean, we'll talk about him plenty between now and July. But, like... It's a fair question of why leave when you're guaranteed to be in a conversation for a ring every year. And there are full birth rights now because this is his first year. Right, right. And you're moving to that new arena next year. I don't know. It wouldn't yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if he pushes the decision off a year or two to see what happens with Draymond in 2020. <laughs> Maybe he's yeah. like, what or the other? Pick me or pick him. Oh, KD for sure. Right? I know, but maybe yeah. he, he tells that to the Warriors owners. Who knows? Yeah, why not? Uh, all right, so I ha- I pulled up my preseason predictions. We were not able to yes. find yours, but I- I'm assuming we were both 
in the same ballpark. Yeah. The West for me, preseason, I had the Warriors number one, which, uh-huh. <laughs> woohoo, really, really out there on a limb with that one. Uh, Houston number two, which is not aging well. Utah number three. Denver at four. OKC at five. Pelicans at six. Uh, Blazers at seven. Lakers at eight. Pelicans. I think I had the Pelicans. Yeah, I think the I had the. I think I had the Pelicans in there as well. Yeah, I think we were just. I, I don't remember. Yeah. I just don't remember it. And it's not. It's not impossible that they make it, but it's that. That's the one that stands out immediately. Yeah. That in Houston is the two seed. That's not going to you know, happen. I'm, I'm going to bring Saglow up again because he did say something interesting uh, on the podcast. He was. I, oh, he, I think he had Bill on. Bill Simmons. Okay. And and. They were talking about like AD and you know his skill set. Is he one of those guys mm-hmm. who, even if he had just nothing around him, should win forty eight games? Mm. I think that is mm. one of the most interesting topics that is really not talked a lot about. Yeah, like because when you look at AD, the talent level, the statistical production, like the the impact he has on a game, right. You know, we only talk about, like, so few players that could basically drag a team to the playoffs by themselves. Like yeah. LeBron, Steph, KD, ironically, the last two on the same team. <laughs> right. But, like, AD should be in that conversation. Or at least when you look at the body of work, the stats and all that, like, he should theoretically be one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And yet, he's actually got a pretty fair supporting cast, even though they do lag a wing. Yeah. And he is where he is. Right. I think it's fair to question, you know, if he's what's what's wrong, or hmm. why not better. Do you think it's possible in today's NBA for a big to be that type of player, or does it need to be a guard or a wing? See, that's an interesting component. I think you're on to something there mm-hmm. because, yeah, you're absolutely right. The big man has just been nullified. In a sense, like you can get major production out of your big, mm-hmm. but if you do not have the wings or the guards, you're screwed. Right. You're absolutely screwed. But if it's the other way around, you can actually manage. Yeah, because, I mean, in general, a big still needs a guard to give them the ball, whereas a wing mm-hmm. can take it up and like run the offense. LeBron James can take over a game single-handedly because he can run the floor and like run the fast break, whereas... Anthony Davis is not going to... They're not passing the ball to Anthony Davis to run the fast break every time. They're giving it... Right. Like, Drew Holiday is passing it to him, and then he's going in and dunking, but you still need that Drew Holiday. And that's that's not to say Drew Holiday is a bad player. He's a great player. He should be in the All-Star mix this year. But that's the first thing that my mind jumps to is like, all right, I agree. Like, Anthony Davis is averaging like 30 and 13. Like, those are monster numbers. But... I don't know. Maybe, like, I don't know that Joel Embiid could single-handedly drag a team in the playoffs. That's that's kind of my thing yeah. as well, because I, Joel was kind of my, my comparison. Right. But I'm just looking at, like, the Pelicans are under 500. Yeah. And they have three guys averaging over 20 and then Nico averaging 17. Right. At something there does not add up to yeah. me. And one of those guys, AD, is averaging 30. <laughs> right, right. And you're under... 500 at some point you also got to look at okay what is the essential tool that we're missing right yeah yeah it's 
it's an interesting thought for sure. Um, yeah, so <laughs> not saying that I won't break my arm if I one day owned a franchise right. and you know I had a chance of prime AD. I right. mean, I would break my arm in half almost immediately to get him that way. But I mean, at the same time, I just think you need the right supporting staff around him. And also, is LeBron that guy? Like current LeBron, not prime. Yeah, LeBron. yeah, yeah. Suffice it to say, I don't mm-hmm. think. Well, I don't have the Pelicans in my revised playoff predictions. I'm going to guess you do not either yes. based on that conversation. So if, if we're moving forward from here to the end of the season, mm-hmm. I would have Golden State 1, right? Denver 2, OKC 3, which I feel worse about after last night, but I'm going to stick to my guns. Uh-huh. Utah 4. Oh, I, just okay. think, I think they're going to move up. I think... To four, though? They're not that far off. It's a two-game gap between them and the Blazers at four. Yeah, but the Blazers can make a lot of noise as well. I mean, you I know you are not a Portland believer, but they, <laughs> yeah. they, they play well. Yeah. I mean, the Jazz right now have the fourth-best defense in the NBA. They are ninth in overall net rating. As mm, the, and that defense could be even better, actually. Yeah. I I, th- I just think, especially with the road-heavy schedule, like the Blazers are the inverse of the Jazz. The Blazers have played 26 at home, 20 on the road. Yeah, and they're, and, and the Blazers are more offensively gifted. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, though. In today's NBA, defense just doesn't play that big of a role. Yeah, I mean, right. Like, more often than not, you can't enforce the, like, terms of engagement if you're a defensive-minded team. Exactly. But I think the Jazz might be one of the rare exceptions that can still. In the regular season, maybe. Yeah, but that's yeah. what we're but talking about. that's also about. what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so so Utah fourth. Utah okay. four. I have the Spurs fifth. Mm-hmm. Then Portland sixth. Houston seventh, really because of the injuries. And then the Lakers I have is the last team in. I just think Le- LeBron like drags their carcass across the finish line. I'm looking at the current standings mm-hmm. for Friday the 18th. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost in agreement with them. I'm, okay. I, I have So it's Golden State 1, Denver 2, OKC 3, Portland 4, mm-hmm. Houston 5th, Spurs 6th, Clippers 7th, Utah 8th. Oh, wow. Okay. It's either the Lakers I'm gonna, missing the playoffs. Yeah. I'm going to flip OKC and Portland. You put Portland 3, OKC 4? Yeah. Mm. That's that's where I am right now. Okay. But look, here's the thing. That could change because you know the Lakers could actually float without LeBron. Yeah. And then LeBron comes back with you know a little bit more fresh legs. Right. And like, you know, feeling himself a little bit. Hey, I've had a couple weeks off. Yeah. I've got some stamina back. Right. The play, the playoffs are closing in. I need to get in game shape. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna average thirty seven and seven for the rest of the year. Yeah. The, that's why I have the Clippers as my first team out. I yeah. just think when LeBron returns, remember that that year where he took like that two week hiatus and then came back and yeah. just like <laughs> murdered everyone for an entire month. I feel like we're yes. we're in for part two of that. But he was not injured back then, right? Uh, 
I mean, it, yeah, on not paper. Like, yeah, not to the extent that he is this time. Right. I, I understand why you're saying that the Clippers are the most, uh, you know, movable asset here or, or movable team. Yeah. Like, they, they can fluctuate a little bit. I, I have deep trust in Tobias Harris. And I will mm-hmm. say that I'm going out on a limb with the Clippers here because I'm building this off a be- belief that Danilo Gallinari does not get hurt. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, that. But but look, he, so far. I know. I know. You know, knock on wood. But and he's been really good. Yeah. Like we, nobody's talking about Gallinari because everyone's like looking at their watch, going, "Oh well, he's gonna go down in five minutes." Right. But he's been really good. I know he has been good. It, I mean, it's been great to see. Like I, I'm thrilled for the guy because he's dealt with so many injuries, and it's like. Nice to get this reminder of like, oh yeah, he's actually a really good basketball player when he's healthy. Right. But and Shy Gilgis Alexander's providing great size and movement and playmaking stability at the point guard position and off guard position when he plays those. Like, I don't know. There's something about this Clippers team when I watch them play that they they just seem to be more in control. Yeah, and Montrez Harrell is a legit candidate yeah, for yeah. six man of the year. Absolutely, just an animal. Yeah, I I worry that they just, you know, we, we, you you said it. I think last episode that talent wins out in the end, and I worry that they don't have the type of top end talent they need when like, you know, That's the fair. intensity is going to ratchet up, especially after the All Star break. Uh, yeah, especially in the West in the All Star break when it you know the the playoff standings become clear, like every game takes on more importance, and I do wonder whether the Clippers can handle that. But again, I, I mean, th- these next couple weeks, we talked about their schedule earlier, I think it's going to go a long way to determine whether they are even in the race by the All-Star break. We're going to have to split this pot up in two, Brian. <laughs> well, let's let's just go into the East. Because I don't think there's that much to talk about. Like, I think... <laughs> <laughs> right? Like <they're, laughs> Yeah. No, there I, there I are five blocks... <laughs> In the East. <laughs> Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles excludes in-store clearance. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Philly, Indiana. I don't, yeah. I don't think there's anything to argue about any of those teams. I agree. I think there are four teams that have no chance in hell. The Bulls, yeah. the Hawks, the Cavaliers, and the Knicks. Agreed. So there are six teams in the maybe category. And as we said earlier, like, okay, great. Like, three of these teams are going to make the playoffs, but... Can any of them pull a first round upset? 
Probably not. Right, no. like maybe. Or All right. Like if one of the teams, you know, if, if the Nets get the, th- the six seed and whoever gets the three seed, like if if Toronto somehow fell to the three seed and Kawhi was out for the year, then yeah, they could pull an upset. But like right. assuming you know, the top five are No healthy, extraordinary circumstances. Right. So, yeah, we have in the in the maybe tier... We have I love the fact that we just skipped everything and just went to the maybe tier. That's all we're going to discuss with the East because it's just such a bad conference right yeah, now. But I mean, okay, let's just, go for it. The East, I said it earlier, the East is really top-heavy. They have five really good teams, four really bad teams, and then six. Okay. Six, who cares? Uh, all right. Which is why we spent an hour talking about the West. We'll spend ten <laughs> minutes on the East. It's just, that's how the playoff race is this year. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. The maybe tier. Brooklyn, Charlotte, Detroit, Miami, Washington, Orlando. And and Orlando is I would even move them in their own like probably not here cuz I've been fooled by them too many times before. But yeah, I I actually I was a little bit surprised you had them in the maybe column, but I wanted to hear your argumentation and right now you basically said I shouldn't have them there. <laughs> right. I mean it was so, like Let's just put them down into the note section, should we? They're, they are mathematically alive, was my justification for putting them <laughs> All in. right. So we move Orlando down to the note section, yeah. and then we have Brooklyn, Charlotte, Detroit, Miami, and Washington. Technically, Orlando That's... is only two games out of a playoff spot right now, which is gross. Yeah, but it's, but it's Orlando, so yeah. I'm, not, I'm not even sweating it. Me neither. Uh, yeah. I, I want Brooklyn in. I do, too. I do too. They're fun. I know. They, your I your mean, years they, of Brooklyn just... caping has finally paid off. <laughs> My two years. <laughs> two years. I know. Including this one. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, like, to be fair, look, they're going to get Karis LeVert back in theory at some point this year. Spencer Dinwiddie, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we'll, we'll mm. do uh, an updated awards pod as well now that we've hit the halfway mark. But Spencer Dinwiddie's giving your boy Sabonis a real run he for is. his money in six man oh, a year. Yeah. He is. I'll, I'll tell you something about. By the way, if if Karis LeVert had not gone down, mm-hmm. we would have put Brooklyn in the locks column. Yeah, I think so. Which is wild. Yeah, I think they're there. It's yeah. just a matter of getting healthy and and getting some more experience. But Spencer Dinwiddie, man, like that contract is just looking better and better and better. Like it was good when it was signed, like right. three years, thirty nine million. Right. But I mean, he's clutch. He's under control. He's just increasing his scoring volume on an annual basis. Like this guy in two years' time could actually be an all star type of player. Yeah. I mean, he's just he's really good. D'Angelo Russell, we need to talk about him, because he's... I mean, I, I've spoken about Russell plenty. I'm one of those guys who never really lost, like, yeah, I mean, I I don't think he's ever going to be the guy, right. or the guy we all thought he would be coming in, because he was incredibly hyped, mm-hmm. but he's he's going to be a perfectly fine player. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that so far. He's one of those guys, where I was talking about on last episode, about, like, how we give up too early, especially on young point guards or young guards in general. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys where he played well. I mean, he played pretty, you know, he didn't shoot all that efficiently with the Lakers and even in his first season in Brooklyn, but like he wasn't bad per se. And yet right. people were just like out on him for some reason. And well, that was the whole, you know, Nick Young thing. Yeah, I guess so. But like he's not even, he turns 23 at the end of February. 
Like, he's still so young. He's still, mm. what, like, four years, three and a half years younger than Buddy Heald? Yes. And, like, he's putting up 18, 6, and 4 this year. Two and a half threes a game on a career-high 36.2% shooting. He's one of the guys who I'm most interested to see in free agency this summer. The thing about D'Angelo is his efficiency never really came along. Right. At least not over the first four years. Yeah. So there is an element of gambling involved with him. Right. Because he's not the greatest defender. Yep. Meaning he has to outweigh that by being a fantastically efficient offensive player. And so far that hasn't really come true. Mm-hmm. I still think that he is in the exact same situation as Drew Holiday. Mm. He shouldn't play point guard yeah i agree with that unleash him make him your two yeah. next i know you have Chris caris lavert but you know what it, it's a small league move lavert up to the three he can handle that sure thing or i mean the nets could be one of those teams that doesn't necessarily need they they could run their offense through lavert more yeah no problem there they like maybe they just split the point guard duties between those two guys and Dinwiddie. Yeah, I was about to say if you start Dinwiddie yeah. and Russell yeah. and Lavert, you're not lacking in playmaking right. at all. No. Oh man. I mean, you are getting three functional guards who can actually play one, two, three positions most of them. Right. Like Spencer Dinwiddie, at least we forget, is 6-6 six, six and and I mean fairly long. Mm-hmm. So he can play both the, and he can play the one, which is exceptional. Yeah. So he can play the one, the two, and even play spot minutes at the three. Yep. D'Angelo, he's a little bit slighter, so he can only play like the one and two and you know, in, in only desperate situation, play the three. Mm-hmm. But at the same that still allows you a lot of flexibility. Yep. But I want him to move more off the ball instead of being this de facto point guard. Yeah. Just unleash him, like make him make him score twenty five a game. Yeah, just go tell him, you know, we need you to take like eight threes a game. We need we need you to get to the line more. Mm-hmm. We'll run a lot of all ball off ball action for you. You know, cutting angles so you can get to the rim. Like just open everything up for him. Yeah, I I feel like Phoenix or Orlando is gonna they're gonna do what. To Sean Marks, what Sean Marks has done to everyone else in the last couple of years. Orlando. Orlando yeah. will. Just Absolutely. throw like a bloated offer sheet at him. Yes. It's going to be, yeah. He, he's going to be one of the most interesting guys to track in free agency. I think the Nets in general are going to be, you know, because they, they're angling to get at least one, if not two, max slots. And we could talk about this in a later episode, but I do worry that... There, we've already started to see like a heel turn on Sean Marks, where like opposing executives, I remember from one Zach Lowe column in particular, were like, "What has this guy done? Like, why are why are people like fanboying over him? He hasn't done anything. They haven't made the playoffs, and like they might this year, they might not. Either way, they're you know they they are a competitive five hundred team. They have a lot of cap space moving forward. They finally have their own draft pick. Like him getting them to this point." based on what he inherited a couple of years ago, is a miracle. Yes. That said, I worry that because they didn't have those draft picks, their ceiling is going to be capped. Like, they just don't... They're now too good to get, like, a top-tier pick. So, unless they find a Giannis 
in the mid-first round or a Kawhi Leonard in the mid-first round, they're not going to have that, like, superstar guy to build around. Like, I don't think D'Angelo Russell is that guy. I really like I Jared Allen. I really like Karis Lillibert. I think both of those guys, based on where they were drafted, are, like, two huge draft day steals. As you said, Dinwiddie's locked into a great contract. Like, he's already outperforming that. Mm-hmm. But unless they get a Kevin Durant or a Kyrie Irving or a Kemba Walker or something like that, which I don't think they're going to do, I do worry that, you know, their ceiling is going to be, like, a low 50-win team, second-round knockout. But again, like, I, I don't necessarily... They can trade, though. Yeah. Yeah, I guess They so. have a lot of young pieces. That's true. And, like, they can consolidate. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. I, I just, I'm preemptively trying to get ahead of the Sean Marks backlash and saying it's dumb. But And, and, and also, Levert, we don't, I mean, look, he looked great this year. Mm-hmm. We don't. We still don't know fully what he is. We That's got a true. much greater sense, right? But you know, from everything we've heard, this is also why I chose him as my MIP. Mm-hmm. Is because everything you read about this kid is that he's got so many of those it factors, right? Like the playmaking ability, the athleticism, the shooting ability, the slashing ability, the body, like just to absorb contact, all these things. Mm-hmm. You know. We we of all people know that some players take time and actually break out of you know whatever they are going through like be it injuries immaturity whatever mm-hmm. and actually become great players yeah you know there's and, and he's already on a faster track to becoming you know just to, to use an example which is a little bit obscure but Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. like Jimmy came somewhat out of nowhere fair but. At least Levert has shown something when he's been healthy. Mm-hmm. Like he's he isn't coming out of nowhere in that sense. Yeah, but he was like a late pat draft pick because he had injuries and whatever. Like if he puts those those things behind him and he doesn't get injury or injuries and freak injuries like the one in Memphis, you know why not? What's stopping him from becoming like the guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's it's an open field, is what I'm saying. Right, right, right. The other four teams, if we're not counting Orlando, are basically just a factory of sadness. Yes. Miami, Goran Dragic is out for at least, it seems like, probably until the All-Star break. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, Wayne Ellington has asked about his future with the team. Dion Waiters is unhappy. So, it, they could make the playoffs, but, I mean, they, they the Sixers dispatched them pretty handily last year mm-hmm. i think they've they haven't gotten better and i think all the other east teams have so i think miami's ceiling is really first round knockout again wow who would have thought <laughs> who would have thought that handing over long-term contracts to role guy role right. player guys, role players yeah yeah was a bad move yeah certainly not me brian <laughs> Charlotte Hornets, really, it's just like Ken Kemba Walker. He like yeah, the Kemba what, Hornets. Yeah, like what what James Harden is doing the with the Rockets is basically what Kemba's had to do with the Hornets all season. Just the poor man's version of it, right? Right. Yeah. So like maybe they get it just because Kemba's absurd, but again, it, it, I mean, we saw a game where Kemba scored sixty and they still lose. Yeah. 
Look, what do they have? I mean, look, I love Miles Bridges. Right. You know, I, I've I've proclaimed him a, a big crush of mine for a long time on this pod. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Malik Monk, I still think there's potential there. But, I mean, look, he still hasn't gotten consistent minutes. Mm-hmm. You have a 36-year-old or 37-year-old, how, however old Tony Parker is, playing the backup point guard position, meaning... You know, it, that's not so much reliability there because, yeah. you know, if an old body can break down pretty quickly. Nick Batum has just gotten, for, you know, he's still a good player, but there is there is a role for him on this team to take more shots. There's a yeah. chance for him to do more. Yeah. Like, he's taken seven shots a game in 30 minutes of play. Right. I don't know what happened. And he's earning $25 million a year. Yeah. I, I, I have no idea what's going on with Batum. Jeremy Lamb is the one guy yep. where you look at and go, oh, oh, he, you finally turned into something. That's nice. Mm-hmm. And it's just not enough. <laughs> and he's going to be a free agent after this year, so he's probably Oh, he's leave. gone. Yeah. He's gone. Yep. Uh, Detroit, it turns out that having only two good players is not a good way to make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the Blake Griffin trade... We we talked about that last year uh-huh. at length, and yeah. we're kind of nervous about it. I mean, this is the same situation, sort of, as there is in New Orleans. They need a legit wing, yeah, that can come in and create something and and shoot the ball. I mean, oh well, they do have Reggie Bullock, but he's not a creator, right? He's not that that wing player that really bridges like the offense and the defense and the front court and the back court. Like that player just isn't there. They were hoping for a long time that it was going to be Stanley Johnson. Right. And I will give you know I will give Stanley Johnson this. He's played well off the bench. Mm-hmm. You know he he's actually come in on certain times and just been like their primary drive off the bench, which I I think is him growing into a role that he's going to build upon later on in his career. Mm-hmm. But he's not that guy. He's not he's not a starter. He's not a potential star. This team is also just going nowhere. Like, okay, they'll maybe make it a playoff appearance because of Blake and, and Andre. Right. That's great. Then what? Yeah. And, I mean, Stanley Johnson is also shooting 38% overall at 26.6% from three. and he's gonna... But he's launching them. <laughs> right. For a game. <laughs> right. But, like, remember, uh, they need him to be what Justice Winslow has turned into. Yeah, and they pass up it, Justice Winslow for Stanley Johnson. Is it sad that Stanley Johnson takes more shots per game than Nick Batum in t- <laughs> t- ten less minutes a game? Yes, decidedly right. yes. Okay, and Stanley Johnson also a restricted free agent this summer. That's going to be. I can't imagine him getting a big deal. No, yeah. no. I mean, he's someone will you know see that the the production he'll give off the bench and probably believe they can mold him to something right but it's not going to be you know 11 or 12 million a year or something like that i hope not no i yeah it feels like the mid-level exception is the best he could hope for at this point right Uh, oh by the way mm -hmm. if if the pelicans were serious about turning into something Mm. reggie bullock no no reggie bullock Um, here on the trade market yeah like you said trading your first round pick right Reggie Bullock. I I was thinking Terrence Ross, but I like that too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Washington 
surprisingly has been competitive since John Wall went down. Which is frightening yeah. in and of itself. But they're, I mean, they're six and three. They've beaten Milwaukee, Philly, OKC. They lost in double overtime against the Raptors. They need, they needed a bailout goaltend to beat the Knicks, but who's counting? I mean, the win's a win still. So like, they are still technically alive. And Ted Leonsis has come out and said they will never tank. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. I know. So. Dwight Howard, when is he going to be back? Is he going to be back? I, I I don't know. Have they released a... That's the thing. I don't remember anything. Yeah. Uh, it looks like he's not expected to return until February or March. Yeah. Well, so. because when he comes back, you don't really know what you're going to get. Right. And Markeith Morris is also out for at least six weeks. Yep. Or at least that's, that was from early January, so four weeks at least. And obviously John Wallace out. Right. So Tomas Sadaransky's been playing well. He has, which is, you know, in a small volume kind of way, great. Yeah. But not that essential. Right. Like Bradley Beal, obviously, the yep. major component here. And Ariza. You know what? Yeah, Ariza, I guess. I mean, I'm, he's I'm putting not, up I'm not high on this team. Yeah. Yeah. But not, not efficiently at all. And no, I mean. Mm-mm. It's the Bradley Beal show, basically. This is this is the Hornets all over again. Yeah, yeah. No, this this team is very sad. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they they might make the playoffs, but like, I right I, again, I just can't see them beating anyone of of import. So where does your E stack up, or where, how does it uh, yeah. land? So, I have Toronto one. Or wait, let's, right. my, my preseason ones were Toronto 1, Boston 2, Milwaukee 3, Philly 4, Indiana 5. So I correctly identified that there were five good teams. Yes. Then it was Miami 6, Washington 7, Detroit 8. Which, eh, whatever. I mean... Yeah. The, oh, oh yeah. I, I don't even care about <laughs> the final three spots. Right, 6 I'm not, I'm, Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter to me. Yeah. Okay. So... Here, here's how I would like it to shake out, and I'm saying this mm-hmm. as a homer. Yeah. Toronto one, Milwaukee two, Philly three, Boston four, Indiana five. I would love Miami to be sixth, but I don't think it's gonna happen. I'm guessing Brooklyn's sixth. Then we'll say. Okay. I just don't care. Miami seven, Detroit eight. But tell me, Charlotte or Washington makes it fine. Whoop! I, yeah. I don't care. Um, <clears throat> so my top five, and I, I'm not even going to bother with the rest of the Eastern Conference <laughs> because I don't care. Right. Uh, Toronto one, Milwaukee two, Boston three, Philly four, oh. and what? Oh. <laughs> yeah, That's I know. The, that is a, the nightmare scenario for Philly. I know. And Indiana five. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that you, whatever team is in the three, four, five race. That's going to be the most competitive race in the East because you. We, yes. There are five good teams. You want to try like hell not to be in the four-five matchup because that's actually yep. going to be hard. Yep, I agree. And I think for Philly in particular, I don't think there's any way they could beat Toronto or Boston in a seven-game series unless they make some major changes to their bench, which is possible. But as currently constructed, I don't think they could beat them. They, no, well, you, you will have you know major changes to your bench. You know, next summer when Jimmy Butler leaves for absolutely nothing. <laughs> right. When he goes to the Clippers with Kawhi. 
Yeah, and then once out after half a year. Yeah, right. Oh, I want to be the number one option. I thought Kawhi was going to be my number two. That's weird. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think I think they. I mean, they proved on Thursday they can beat Indiana on the road. So I think if they're a four or five, that's at least still a winnable series. Not a guaranteed win, but it's possible. And then mm. I think of the top three teams in the East, I'm including Boston in that. They match up, or they have the best chance against Milwaukee. So I think, you know, ideally, if you're a Sixers fan, you want Milwaukee two, Philly three, or Milwaukee one and Philly four. Hmm. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So that's where we're gonna wrap up. We'll revisit these once the playoffs actually start to see how wrong we were, even with three months of hindsight. That's gonna be great. Uh, in the meantime, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Tapork, and I was joined as always by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. And just one final note to our listeners out there. If we have someone out there who listens religiously to this podcast, like every episode, we would love to hear from you. Hit us up on the DM uh, DMs on Twitter because we might have a little job for you. Unpaid, however. Sorry. There we go. Yeah. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.